Welcome to Battleground. Today is Friday, March the 26th, and uh, what a week it's been. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of laughing. I know a lot of people are laughing, some depressed. Um, I'm assuming the uh, the radical crazies, uh, blue and on radical liberals that, uh, that, 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 that are suffering from dementia like our president are probably celebrating because they probably think uh, the presser yesterday was a complete success and showed a very capable man in control of all his capacities uh, in full command of a press conference, which was the last thing that happened. Um, we saw a, a frail old man, which was very sad. I think um, we are starting to round uh, the corner on, on elderly abuse. And, you know, those around him, they want to keep him in power uh, by keeping him in that position, embarrassing him, humiliating him in public the way uh, we've seen in the last few months or years um, is, is just wrong. But uh, that presser was a joke. It was a disgrace. Um, Handpicked reporters. They didn't call on, on Fox, on, on Ducey. Um, uh, the guy was dazed, confused, rambling on at, at, for the most part. Um, it, it was quite embarrassing. But we're going to leave that uh, and the border crisis conversation um, to our second guest. Our first guest today is a absolute stud. The guy uh, is a former Green Beret. Um, he's been a special advisor for DOD, uh, for the Veterans Affairs, State Department. He's been deployed in different theaters around the world. Um, has been in Iraq. Uh, you name it. The guy's done it all. Two bronze stars. Uh, let's welcome uh, Jason Beardsley. Battleground. Hey, Jason, thanks for joining us, man. Hey, thank you for having me, Ivan. Great to be here. Absolutely. And, uh, I, you know, I don't know if you heard my rant. I'm going to keep you away from that as possible, as much away from that as possible. And we're going to talk about our vets, which is really what's important today. While you're on, you're a vet. Thank you so much for serving. Uh, without people like you, we would not be able to be doing things like this. So thank you thank very you. much for, for your sacrifice and that of your family. Um, hey, Jason, so, so walk us through a little bit of uh, what, what you've been doing in the past. So, well, listen, uh, first of all, thanks again for having me on. Uh, uh, I mean, I come from a military background. I started my career in the United States Navy and uh, got a chance to sail the world with some of the greatest uh, folks out there. During the Persian Gulf, you know, we, we, we did that one pretty quick, clean, in and done, and uh, stayed with it for a while, but then transitioned to the Army, uh, found myself in Special Forces, uh, post 9-11, everything went, uh, you know, crazy, obviously, and so spent a lot of time on the road again, with some of the greatest Americans, these are heroes because no matter who's in charge, who's the running the show, who's making the policy, uh, men and women get up every day and they face the enemy, they put themselves in harm's way. And so when they come back from those experiences, uh, I think it's vital for groups like mine, Association, United States Navy, uh, but all the others too, to gather those voices, the collective experience, and ensure that those voices are heard here in Washington, D.C. by our, our policymakers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, and, um, and, and so you were, uh, you were actually with the previous administration, right? With the Trump administration? I was an advisor, yes, over the Secretary of the Veterans Affairs. And then, of course, in uh, DOD with the Special Operations Low Intensity Conflict Office. All the fun. What, what, what did you guys, what did you do for, what did you do for them? It's a great question, Ivan. When, when, when I first started looking at the veterans, uh, space in 2014, 
Uh, if you remember, there was a scandal uh, usually called the Phoenix crisis where veterans had been waiting to get their health care or put on wait lists for long times and couldn't get access to health care in a timely manner. So over the next few years, both under Obama and then transitioning to President Trump, a lot of work in Congress, a lot of work in the Senate to craft a bill that would allow veterans to go into the community when necessary to have their medical care picked up by doctors outside. That was called the Mission Act. Uh, sometimes uh, the previous president referred to it as choice, but essentially it lets veterans get expedited care. But I'm gonna tell you, that was a lot of hard work because it's not just passing the law, it's how do we implement the law once it gets passed. So that I spent a lot of my time doing that before looking at um, other issues in, in Department of Defense, so. And um, in, in, I know you guys did it. I mean, you guys did a great job over there at, uh, at at the VA. We share we share some mutual friends as well. Um, what 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 would you say is the um, is the biggest accomplishment for for you know the past administration or any administration really? But but for for, for the VA for the vets, I know you know it's a, it should be a nonpartisan issue. So I'm not going to try and make it partisan. So you know, but what, what was a big accomplishment? Something big that really came together for the vets. Here, here, here's one thing I saw up close and personal under Secretary uh, Wilkie. Um, when we walked in, there's a mood or a feeling in an of uh, either morale or lack of morale. And it was the general sort of uh, feeling that uh, those in the field, the workers, the doctors, frontline nurses, uh, needed someone to come in and kind of give a boost, a sort of an uplift. And the secretary went out to a lot of places, touched a lot of people, and essentially with leadership inside the building, communicated something very, uh, I think, unique in government, which is customer service. Like, we have to make sure the veterans' experience in our doors inside the VA is as positive as it can be. And, and that's hard to do. A lot of it took measuring, uh, running polls, having a live capability for veterans to communicate back good, bad uh, in different experiences. So reading all that and then making sure that our frontline uh, folks that are touching veterans are doing it with a heart to serve. And uh, that changed things around a little bit. Yeah. And, 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 and I remember one of the, uh, one of the big things was that vets were able to go and find their own doctor, right? If the wait was too long and some right. things like that. That, that was a big deal, right? That's a huge deal. Again, choice, allowed for or mission the you know allowed for a veteran who was waiting too long on a wait list to um, you know get an MRI or some procedure done and be able to go to the community find a local doctor that could do this and there were different reasons if it was too far uh, if it was in the best interest of the veteran those are hard implementations that regulation you know that comes from the law people have to implement it and that's at a you know four four hundred thousand people out there doing this work it's really a little less but at the end of the day, getting those regulations implemented, it, it's tough work. So I'm really what, 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 what challenges do you see now for uh, for, for the administration? Well, you know, what, what's, what's left to do, I guess, right? Yeah. You know what? That's still a challenge, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, number one, it's not easy to implement. And number two, it's a large system. So even before COVID hit, uh, veterans were still um, we're trying to learn the system trying to understand how to use the choice that they were given. And because COVID hit, now you have this unique wrinkle where a lot of folks were stacking up at the door, stacking up at the door. So you can imagine after 12 months of that, uh, the new challenge for the administration is going to be, what do we do with the sort of 
the influx of veterans that maybe we can't see and we haven't been sending them out in the community aggressively because in the community you have these other requirements. Yeah. So that's going to be a big, big challenge for uh, the current administration. And uh, my hopes are they'll 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 open the doors and do this right. But it is going to take work, and we ought to be very uh, aggressive about sharing the voice of our veterans inside the administration. Because if they're not heard, uh, you know, we're going to go back to a bad uh, situation like we were in Phoenix. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. And, and, you know, taking care of our vets should be a bipartisan, you know, effort and it shouldn't be partisan. So there's, there's, there's no, uh, no reason to get partisan right now. Um, and, and your association, what, what is, what is your mission? What are you guys trying to do? Where, where do you see playing a difference or playing a major role in this? Yeah. Well, I think that's, uh, that's the real focus, right? We're the Association of the United States Navy. This is the best brand in the world. The United States Marine Corps, the United States Navy, the Coast Guard Service. So members for years, you know, those services, the Naval Services, have built the great legacy that is America to preserve that and to, to take advantage of that experience. If someone's not here, uh, pulling those voices together, uh, collating them, so to speak, and then sharing them into lawmakers, it'll be lost. And it's not easy to do. We're less than 1% of the population. So with such a small percentage, if we don't have advocates who can amplify that voice, then uh, lawmakers all day long are, are comfortable passing the buck. Our job here is to make sure they don't, to make sure that if you were in service, you were in uniform, if you sailed the seven seas, if you're a Marine, if you're proud of your service, that we help understand what you dealt with and how do we best shape the future policy, whether that's defense and uh, great power competition, whether that's the number of ships we're building and why should we be at this number versus another, or whether it's getting your benefits at the doors of the Veterans Affairs Administration. So that's the job we have here. We've been given a, a, the honorable role of share, sharing that voice up to the lawmakers. Hey, Jason, so wh wh where do you see um, your biggest challenge? <laughs> That's a good one. It's an easy one. Communication. We, we have to, it's two way. If this is a one way dialogue, we lose because it's not my idea. It's not what I come with or my experience can help. But if we're not able to reach veterans, if veterans don't reach us, then we're going to lose some of their experience. So that's hard to do because, you know, veterans, we're a little bit independent. We're you know, kind of rugged and some of us want to pop out to Montana. But I'm going to ask veterans, if you're listening out there, Marines, Navy, Coast Guard, if you're Army, your Air Force, come on in. Come to an organization like this one. The association would love to have you. But share your opinions. Um, look at the content. You don't have to be a policy wonk to, to take a poll or to answer a poll or to be part of the dialogue. We'll do the hard part inside the Beltway. You do the easy part. Come alongside us. And I think that's the best, um, the best solution. Where, where, where do you see the, uh, the, the, the biggest opportunities for you guys? Um, younger, younger veterans, active veterans, folks who are proud of their service. Uh, there's a whole host, you know, we're not monolithic. Men and women out there like different things. So the ones that are really interested in preserving the fabric or the foundation of this country, those, those are the voices that have to be in here. Because, again, uh, legislation, regulation, all the big policy stuff happens every day, whether you're paying attention or not. Those who are paying attention, you know, that's the opportunity right there. So if you if you are interested in your community, if you are civic minded, you know, you're going to have challenges all along the way. 
we are here to help you with at least one of those challenges, making sure veterans are treated well, making sure the voice of the sailor, the Marine, the Coast Guard member is heard inside the halls of DC. The opportunity is younger folks, folks who are still active, folks who still believe that we can lead in our community today. Fantastic. Hey, and, and I'm pretty sure you guys take donations, uh, support. Where, where can somebody go support your organization? You can support us at AUSN.org. AUSN.org. We're doing some retooling uh, on the website to make it easier, and we're going to roll out some products in the next few months. We're very excited about the growth of the organization, and we know we owe our members um, some action, some activity, and we want to share that with you. But come alongside us now. Get in with us and uh, let us shepherd your money, your voice into the halls of D.C. AUSN.org. That's fantastic. And you know what? And, and, and what a great way uh, to, to segue into what I was going to ask you, you know, is you talked about, you know, all the effort and everything that, that the vets have paid their dues and service to the country and everything. Walk us through that for people that are that are political wonks, not necessarily military, a lot of civilians even though we do have a lot of military law enforcement that calls, especially on Fridays. Um, but walk us through, walk, walk the regular civilian conservative guy who's the majority of folks are going to listen to this show. We have a lot of haters too, so it, it would be good for liberals to understand, you know, what it is to be a military man. Walk us through how you sign up, basic training, boot camp, and how you go through that and end up being deployed, right? Walk yeah. us through to understand yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a really fun pathway and it's a journey. It's an adventure. So you start off as kind of like, I don't know, wide eyed and bushy tailed, right? Ready to tackle the world. You want adventure. You want to sail the seven seas, get tattoos, drink whiskey, whatever, go into ports of call. So from that point, you enter this uh, this uh, cauldron where they shape you and they redesign you. They strip you of things like your ego and you become one of many and color doesn't matter, you know, uh, religion doesn't matter. All the things you might've brought into most conversations are now gone and you and those beside you are on the line getting measured by things like, where does the bullet break the paper or how many push-ups can you do? So the measurements start to train you to think like someone who is uh, taken for their merit, the quality of their character rather than the color of their skin, so to speak, right? Sort of an old adage. In that basic training, you're you're broken down as an individual, so you come out of the other side as a team member, as part of a, a, a bigger thing. And here's where then it, it goes from there, because you mentioned deployment. It doesn't matter, as I said before, if the president is uh, Republican, Democrat, Green, Blue, or or some you know alien. Yeah. You serve the uh, you serve and swear an oath to the Constitution of the United States of America. So the challenge becomes if you have so much individuality that you can't see past those partisan sort of lines or the schisms or race or gender, then you become sort of um, friction oriented in the rest of your career. Why? I served under uh, quick, uh, quick math, five, five presidents, I think, maybe four. So all of them had different foreign policy agendas. You end up in different places executing what is uh, the sort of the, the where the rubber meets the road. You know, someone writes a policy in D.C., pretty sure it's not going to be perfect. The guys who implement that uh, policy on the ground are the girls who are in front of the enemy implementing that policy are the ones who will deal with the ramifications of bad policy. So if you have too much individualism, 
it's hard to succeed over long term in the military. So you become a team player and you leave your family, you leave your community behind, you go over into the rest of the world. You get to see the conditions in the third world, the emerging world. You get to see what the liberties of America do for your children, your brothers, your sisters, your mothers, your uncles. And so if you're like me, when you come back home, you want desperately to preserve that. And that to me is a great uh, sort of picture of what the military experience is like. But in addition to that, you get a lot of toys, you get a lot of high speed equipment, you get yeah. gear that no one else will let you play with. You get to break things at the million dollar level and above. So adventure, this is the place for you. That's fantastic. So tell us a story. Tell us about one of your deployments. I know you played in Iraq, you played in Africa, you've done just about everything. Uh, you know, any cool story you want to share with the, with the public, uh, you know, so, so they can get a, a good feel for, uh, for whatever it is. Sure. You yeah. Listen, I'll tell a story. I think that means something to me because uh, there's a ton, but uh, I had an opportunity in Iraq uh, to ride along with some great uh, men and women out of the Arizona military police. And I love these, uh, these folks that are running the routes all day long. They're getting shot at sniper attacks, grenades coming in on them. And I was with some uh, pretty special units and some pretty uh, elite groups. But I got to ride with them a few days uh, in their daily uh, habits, if you will. I noticed that nobody was taking care of them. You know, we were hitting targets, you know, at the, the high tier levels and we'll call it the high fruit. And these kids were running the roads every day, just waiting to get shot at. So I took a, a little step aside with some Green Berets in, in country at the time and some Rangers. And we put together a series of operations to basically go after a network that was harassing and interdicting our military police on a daily basis. And it was one of the most, uh, for me, it was one of my proud moments because nobody else was going to step out of their way to kind of protect them. We found CD makers. We wrapped up a couple of sniper cells. And, you know, it wasn't a permanent save. In other words, there was still danger out there. But for my part, we got to put a lot of people together to go support brothers and sisters who were dealing every day with some really uh, dangerous and violent stuff. So um, it's it's probably not the coolest story anyone's ever heard. Yeah, but you know what? That that that, that goes to show exactly what what you were talking about is that it doesn't matter. You know, race, color, gender, religion, anything is uh, you know everybody's brothers in arms, and you're all there. You know, for the same cause, which is one nation under God, right? One flag, one country. And uh, hey, man, thank you for your service. We appreciate everything you you've done and what you do. And where can they go find you one more time? So AUSN.org, uh, you can find us on Facebook, AUSN1. Uh, we're also on Twitter, AUSN Tweets, AUSN Tweets. So find us there. Uh, come along. We're rebuilding. We're, we're growing. Uh, so we've got a great future ahead of us. It's all uh, fair skies and following seas, as they say. Fantastic. Hey, Jason, thank you very much, man. You're a stud. Jason Beardsley, uh, Beardsley everybody, thank you very much. And uh, hopefully we'll come back uh, and, and, and talk shop uh, a little bit. Uh, about some more fun stuff uh, that the DOD is doing and, and some of the theaters. I know there's uh, issues out in the Middle East starting to stir up again and North Korea and China. And uh, if you ever want to uh, dig into that, you're more than welcome to, man. You're, you're a friend of the show. I appreciate you. Thank you, Ivan. Great. Have a great day. Absolutely. Take care. And, uh, and, and that, was the, uh, that, that was a special guest, as you heard. And uh, what, what a great guy, man. I mean, all, all of our vets, people that, uh, that do this stuff, um, we have to help them. We have to make sure we go out there and make an effort. There's not a lot of organizations that are good or bad. 
uh, or, or, you know, medium. It's, it's, it can be hit or miss. There's a lot of scams out there. His organization is one of the good ones. He's one of the good guys. We got to make sure we go out there and support our vets. Uh, don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back with our next guest. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.